Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Steve. And I'm Jason. And welcome to this week's episode of Dual Rambling. So, uh, Jason, I heard one of your uh, your little pet projects is starting to come to fruition here. You know, it, it's coming along. Uh, so, I know we kind of briefly talked about it before it happened, but a buddy of mine from work had actually brought his old tower. Now, by tower, in this case, I literally just mean the case, the case fans, the motherboard, and the CPU. Uh, but he brought it in and was like, hey, I was getting rid of this, so... If you happen to want it or have a need for it, you said you were looking to build a server. I'm like, hell yes. If nothing else, that gives me a little bit of, of you know breathing room from some of the stuff I have to do, especially because my server doesn't need to be super powerful. So I had, uh, <laughs> I kind of uh, took all the pieces out of my old desktop because the case was very much falling apart. Uh, I was able to uh, procure the graphics card from it, the hard drives from it the RAM from it. Uh, now I actually have a working home server. So the nice thing is I was able to finally uh, get Windows Server 2016 because I actually had a license key. Thanks, school. Uh, so it's nice because now I have like a home lab. But I did run into one major uh, problem. And that is... So uh, apparently, as I've now realized, uh, you can't attach a computer to a domain when you're running Windows 10 Home. Okay, I guess that makes sense. They would lock down some of those features. Yeah. But it's like, do I really want to... Oh, well, I was going to ask you real quick, before you go too far, um, do you maybe want to differentiate quick? I guess maybe my question is for people maybe that don't know, you said about home versus the server edition. Is the server mm-hmm. edition just giving you, I'm assuming, more advanced features, kind of like what you're saying, that you're running into a problem now, right? Oh, absolutely. So the the... Server Edition has a lot of the main tools you need at at an office or uh, an enterprise. Uh, You know, you have Active Directory structures, you have um, authentication, you know, so certificates for uh, that same authentication. Uh, There's a lot of different things you can track over your network. And while, you know, at the current moment, I can't think of a lot of the stuff that you would necessarily use for that. But it's all the stuff that you won't necessarily need your home unit unless you're you're actively trying to run a home lab, which is why like prices for a server are outrageous. So I'm glad to have you know the copy that I do because I got through school. At the same time, I could run a Linux-based server and be perfectly fine. You know, mainly because at that point I can still connect in with Windows Home. You know, in different ways, it's still using the home group, which I did set up. You know, I set up a home group so I can still set up the. Uh, uh, like shared folders and stuff. So one of the first things I did was hook my wife and I up each with our own personal drive and overall shared drive so we can store stuff on our own local server. Don't have to worry about it. You know, looking at running, uh, seeing if I can find a Windows-based variant of something like Pi-hole for um, ad blocking. Uh, you know, my eventual goals, I want to end up hooking up some more hard drives to it, you know, make it a just overall NAS. Uh, maybe a media server for anything that we have for home videos, stuff like that. Uh, maybe a Minecraft server, you know, just run one on my own. Uh, just so I can learn, I uh, want to set up a mail server. Okay. Because you can do that. Just, I mean, it's not even all that hard. Uh, maybe some cloud features, stuff like that. Uh, basically, it's more of it's more going to be like a learning tool along with cool stuff I can do around the house. You know, hook up some home automation, link that on in. 
uh, eventually I'm actually looking and in the process of uh, recreating I, her website. So I know my when I was finishing up my associate's level, uh, one of my capstone pro or my capstone project, I had actually written uh, a website, which interestingly enough, I actually used for my proposal to her. I remember that, yeah. So that turned out well, but then the uh, relatively cheap web hosting that I was paying for that domain uh, ended up jumping to like four hundred bucks for the year. Spectacular. <laughs> yeah. So I had to remove that. Uh, still own the domain name, which is nice. Uh, so I transferred that to myself. Uh, ended up actually switching over to Google Domains, which is nice. If you didn't know, Google does have their own domain service. You can buy if you ever have a need for a domain name. Hmm. By all means, you can actually buy it through them. Is it better uh, than GoDaddy or a couple of the other ones? I w- I would argue probably yeah. Uh, as far as the differences between them all, that I'm not entirely sure. When it comes to just the name itself because that's its own that's its own purchase price you know what i mean right. like i think i pay 12 dollars a year for both names that we have okay that's not bad so the nice thing is even when i do our web server it'll be you know whomever at our domain.com so mm-hmm. it's not like one of those where it's our domain dot you know what's one of the like dot google.com i, I there's okay. a couple of yeah, yeah. Uh, web browsers out there that you can set up your own, but it still has theirs in the name. Yeah, right. This one's just going to be us, which I think will be nice, uh, especially because there's not going to be, I don't know, a whole lot of people using the service. It's literally just my wife and I. So it's more of like the business account that I can help her with her uh, Twitch streams. You know, I can even branch off into uh, adding our own portion of that same domain. So if we want to do a website, we can do just that. Uh, and have a you know small simple place to host it. So yeah, I mean it's partly just a learning tool, partly just kind of a playing around. I still want to get some Raspberry Pi for a few projects around the house. Uh, some of which I guess will be kind of duplicate with what I can do on the server, but it's more of like your main and then your test realm. Okay. So I don't know. If you, I'm I'm kind of excited to see where this thing goes. The nice thing is I don't. I mean it's such an old graphics card. It's a a GTX 560 Ti. Ooh. It is not. Oh yeah, it's it's a wee bit on the old side. But as a server, I don't need more than that. Right. Even if I'm running a game server, it's literally just the background code. It's not rendering anything. Right. 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 Your computer's doing that. Right. So that's fine. Would you use it like a Steam cache kind of deal? Could. And I thought about that actually. Um, about doing. And one of the the services I did find, if I remember correctly, it was Nextcloud has a lot of different cloud services and I'm curious if I could use that or something else to do uh, streaming. So you're actually using some of the like processing power of the server, which again, does not have much. Got a ton of Ram, but it doesn't, (laughs) it's all like 1600 megahertz Ram. It's not, okay. It's old Ram, but it's, it's an old motherboard. So, right. And it's what I got. Well, and it could always be upgraded too. Like once you have right. the infrastructure in place kind of deal, like once you get everything set up and you know all the basics, then you're just upgrading hardware at that point. Because if I remember correctly, I think that motherboard has the capability of running 2666 RAM. Uh, I think that's the max it can run. But then again, that was also the max it knew about when they came out. Right. So that would make sense. Could it run faster? Maybe with some software tweaks. Uh, firmware tweaks anyway um you know at the end of the day it's really just kind of a you know a bit of a play box 
but I'm still kind of excited for it. And my, it's funny because I talked to my wife about it. And she's like, I get you're excited about it. I just don't know why. <laughs> right. I don't know what any of that stuff does. I'm like, okay, all you need to know is I'm going to run the seven days to die server for you on there. So you can connect in and the time in the game will not run unless somebody's in that server. So if you want to play, if your friend wants to play, if you're doing your Twitch stream, it's running off of that. Your computer is not rendering a lot of that. I mean, well, yeah, actually, that'll take a little bit of pressure off her computer because it's not trying to run the server and the client. Right, right. It's just running one. So maybe that'll help. Yeah. Uh, you know, something like Minecraft. Again, it's not rendering it. It's, right. it's just running all, you know, keeping track of who's doing what. So, you know, we can have a, a persistent Minecraft world if we so want. So we, we got a few options and a few games we're taking a look at. I kind of want to run an ARC server too. I think some uh, of that. I I think you should yeah. have a dual rambling server. Is what you should have. Maybe we'll just start doing podcast podcast hosting right from your house. You know. Um, <laughs> well, eventually. I mean, uh, like I said, I, I want to add a specific hard drive just for that. Okay. Uh, so I can keep a um, archive copy of both our podcasts and then uh, ones for Jess's Twitch streams. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you better I, buy I would a like really large drive or at least a, a couple of them. That's some yeah. serious data, buddy. <laughs> That's kind of my worry. Uh, <laughs> Our raw files just from the podcast are usually like anywhere between three to five gigs. So you're, Okay, so you're... <laughs> if I get a 12... So I, I look, I'm actually... I mean, at some point I want to hook up a NOS into the whole thing. Do I really have a need for that? Not at the moment, but over time, sure. As this evolves... But that also, as this Love evolves into like one of the Linus uh, petabyte projects kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking to have something that big. I A, don't have the, I don't want to pay the electric bill for yeah, that. Right. Uh, and B, I don't have a place to put that because you know that's not going to be quiet. No, no, it's not like a jet engine taking off. Because and... <laughs> you got to think all the bigger hard drives are all hard drives. It's not solid state. Oh yeah. Well, it could be if you want to spend the, you know, I don't have the money on. to spend on uh, the <laughs> amount of terabytes we would need. You're hundred grand for, for a bunch of hard drives. Look, I want one or two uh, nice size solid state. I do. I actually found I can get an M.2 again. They went down, of course, after I bought one. Of course. Uh, I can get another M.2 because this uh, motherboard does have an M.2 slot, oddly enough, which was also worked out perfectly because I when I upgraded my laptop's M.2, it had a 128 built in, and I upgraded it to a two tear for 250. Okay, which honestly is not a bad f- price for uh, a two terabyte M.2. So I'm like, well, now I have this other M.2, and I have no place to put it. Well, now I have a place to put it, so that immediately went in and became my uh, my C drive. Well, is it uh, is it new enough to handle like the uh, is it Octane? I think they call it where you do like uh, the SSD cache kind of deal. You oh, can have the, the Octane spinners. memory. Yeah. Uh, highly doubtful that the, the hard drive itself, I think, does have the opting capability, uh, but I doubt the... The MOBO probably won't hold it. Yeah, I doubt yeah. the motherboard itself would be able to really do much of anything with it. Even with that, I only, I only found two or three uh, SATA spots on there. Oh, okay. Which also is going to very much limit my, my hard drives. Yeah. So right now I've got uh, two tear in there. Which, I mean, like I said, is fine for now. Right. So as of right now, no, I'm probably not hosting either the Twitch stream or the... <laughs> um, we will let Twitch host those. Uh, I remember at one point with hers, we were looking at actually uploading the replays to YouTube, just to use that as a hosting platform. Yeah. Because it's free and you, you're not limited on space. Right. 
oddly enough, we never ended up doing that. Now, she still has access to the old videos, which is nice. Twitch still hosts them. They just don't put like any VODs. Mm-hmm. They just don't show up for everybody else. But Jess can still go back and oh, see them. Oh, okay. So that's nice because we can still archive and re-download those. Right. That is um, cool. So I do want to take the time to kind of set up a YouTube channel for her just for past VOD. Right. Like leave it Makes on Twitch on Twitch, on Twitch for a couple of weeks, and once it falls off, move it over to the other. Right. Um, if nothing else, maybe you know more eyes on for her. you know ours are more so audio, so I guess uh, a YouTube storage is less useful for us. But I wouldn't be the first time I've seen a podcast that just has a static image and it's a YouTube video. So I mean, we could even do that for ours if we so desired. Yeah, I kicked that around and stuff a little bit too, but I, the problem I can. Uh... If you want to archive just the actual show, like we have the MP3s that we actually push out to everybody else. But if we're going to actually deep archive things, I'd rather do the source files in case we ever had to make some sort of an adjustment or a tweak or something, you know. And right now I just I have a multi terabyte hard drive sitting on my computer. And right right now that's where the podcast lives, you know, as far as deep storage goes. But it'd be nice to have, you know, something better than that in case something would happen at my house or. So I think what he's saying is that if, uh, Anybody with connections to SanDisk or uh, Corsair Seagate, or Seagate, any of the Western Digital, yeah. Uh, if any of y'all want to sponsor us, that'd be great because we could we could use some storage space. Yeah, we'll gladly build a machine and we'll talk. We'll give you an entire episode about it if that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean that's pretty cool and it's it's nice to hear that you're getting a little bit of movement finally and you know kind of getting that going. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and you know works out what you can do with it. Now, I will say the one thing that's gotten to be a pain thus far, though, uh, is that when trying to write the websites, because I'm looking to do two, you know, one specifically as, as identical to the old one as I had, because it's also going to be like a blog space for her. Okay. Um, that one, I'm going back and using WordPress, which has caused me some issues. <laughs> so I could just use WAMP to install like the Apache web server and everything else. Mm -hmm. But at work, I use IAS. So it made sense to me to try to learn IAS at home. Okay. And then I had to set up the database. (laughs) (laughs) So I could, uh, yes, there's uh, many different tools out there. You can just up and click a couple of buttons, set your naming conventions and boom, you've got a WordPress database. But oh no, I got to make things more difficult and try to do it by command line because of course I felt the need to do that. And can't get it to work. So uh, working on that just sounds terrible. I don't. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm honestly at that point. I'm probably just going to give in and just use one of the tools to create it, just so I can start working on the website. That's the more important to learn at the moment. I am not going to say anything though, because the last time I did this and made fun of you, I ended up putting my foot in my mouth. Because remember, I made fun of you about the whole managed switch deal, and then it, you know, and then I'm the one who bought the unmanaged <laughs> switch, and you got the ubiquity. Everything equipment. else, yeah. Yeah, we're going to try to not do that a second time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the other, I will say the second website I'm looking to do, I actually want to write from scratch. Okay. I know a little bit of HTML, but not a lot. Uh, so I think it'll be nice. I found a couple of good tutorials. Mm-hmm. And I still have my old books from school that I can go back and uh, kind of try to build it from scratch. So I'm excited to see if I can get that to actually look nice and then start learning React or Node.js or something like that to get it, you know, interactive right and what you don't know or what you can't figure out you can always google i mean there's that kind of stuff especially there's all kinds of information out there about that oh for sure and you know it's it the the google's kind of a very funny thing we like to learn a lot on google uh 
but Google's not the the only source of information. Apparently, so is Reddit. Yeah, yeah, and Reddit's so, uh, Reddit's been an interesting place here lately, Jason. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, let's just make this topic number one because. Yeah, this is happening right now as we speak. Um, so for the last week, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, there is a uh, Reddit board called Wall Street Bets who has actively tried to basically rally against Wall Street, and I kind of dig it. Um, so we'll go a little bit into more of like stocks, and you know, I don't know a lot on stocks. So here's, here's the early disclaimer. I know very little about stocks and that kind of stuff. I've learned a lot over the last couple of days, uh, and I do have a few stocks that I have bought in the past, but a lot of this is just information I've kind of gathered through the articles. You know, it's, it, This is stuff I've kind of learned on the fly, so anything I say is not, in fact, gospel. I am not a stockbroker, nor will I give any sort of stockbroker advice. Uh, I feel, does that cover all my bases? I feel yeah, like we're good. I think that pretty much covers us. And I will 100% second that <laughs> because what you know is probably more than what I know in this particular realm. Um, I have some thoughts and feelings and opinions and things, but again, by no means is it gospel. So I'm 100% there with you. So, from what I understand of this situation, uh, it all comes back to your short trades. Uh, what short trades are, are in a very, very brief nutshell. Someone buy, uh, borrows, basically, uh, stocks from a broker that are they're betting are going to go down in price. So they immediately sell it. Let's say that price was $10. So at that point, if they're correct and it goes down to, let's say, $7 or $6, they then buy that same stock back at the lower price, effectively making the 3 or $4 and giving the original stock they borrowed back to that broker. These are hedge funds, as in you're hedging your bets. It is the absolute inverse to everything you were ever told in, you know, seventh grade, uh, not economics, but like the, the, it wasn't, there was a, we had a class. I mm-hmm. remember uh, growing up, it wasn't economics necessarily, but we did touch upon stocks for whatever reason. World cultures, maybe, I don't remember, something weird like that, but yeah, hedge funds are kind of the inverse thought process of that. Uh, so what uh, this group of people on Reddit had decided to do was like, hey, they're doing this to GameStop. And the problem with a lot of these uh, short-selling bets, especially if they're as big as they are, because you got to think, they're not working in tens of dollars. They're working in hundreds of thousands of dollars. Or more. So Or more. So... There have been times in the past where they'll get done with this whole process and they've made buku bucks and the company that basically was the pawn in all this ends up being bankrupted. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait, we got all this uh, funds in our stock just rose, you know, and then or immediately dies off mm-hmm. and gets even lower. So with them doing this in reverse, I remember when I first bought my stocks, which was probably about a year ago, actually, uh, almost to the day. I remember looking at GameStop heavily because I remember in that same class we learned about stocks, we had played the stock market game. And it was Mm -hmm. cool. We got a little field trip. We went up to New York, went to the stock exchange, actually saw a a show. That was pretty cool. Mm, That's cool. A Phantom of the Opera. Great to go see live. But the, the cool thing was, it was back when Kmart was at like pennies. Yeah. Okay. 
like the one of the first times they were almost about to go bankrupt. And he was like, if anybody can beat me, you know, we have like four or five weeks of this going on, mm-hmm. you know, take a look at your stocks, run any trades through me. I am your broker. Right. Yeah. yeah. If, if you can beat me by the end of this, you will get an A in this class. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. None of us were even close. Yeah. I remember, I think I took like second or third of the students. Okay. And even whoever took first was nowhere near him. Yeah. Because he took the $100,000 of play money and put it all into Kmart. Kmart rose three cents. Okay. Think of, okay, if you have $100,000 divided by 0.03, how many stocks is that? Right. Quite a lot. lot. Now multiply that again by 0.06. Right. You know, he basically doubled that money. Yeah. So it was uh, kind of crazy. And then you learn quickly. It's like, okay, yeah. So you can, and you can make good money on penny stocks if you have the time and uh, the, the amount of capital put in to bypass the short-term gains tax. Right, right. Okay. Which is, which is the trick. And that's a, a whole other thing for those who don't know. If you buy a stock and you sell it within a year, you pay short-term gains tax, which is almost equitable to like income tax. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, exact numbers I don't know offhand. But if it's over that 365-day mark, it's now a long capital gains and is taxed at a much lower rate. So it behooves you more often than not to hold onto a stock for at least a year. At that point, do whatever you want. Watch it on a daily. Sell when you can. I mean, unless it's still climbing. <laughs> so the, the interesting thing is uh, this group had taken uh, GameStop Oh, that's where I was going with that too. Yeah. Uh, when we started, I looked at GameStop heavily as my choice of where I wanted to put some, some stocks in because they were like $2 a share. Right. Uh, even as of two weeks ago, it was like 14 I mean, it was not much. As of today, when I looked, it was $480 a share. So what this does, uh, in the inverse to the example from earlier, you borrow this stock at, again, let's say 10 bucks, a nice even round number. Instead of going down like you expected it to, it's now $400 a share. The broker you borrowed that from still wants that share back. Right. And now especially wants that share back. (laughs) So if you're trying to short sell, you're like, I need to offload this before it gets higher so I can cut my losses. I'm still losing, but I'm not going to lose as much. If I sell it now at $20 a share, I'm losing a whole lot less than if I sell it again or if I buy it back at $400 a share. Right, right. Because you're as soon as you borrow it, you sell it and then try to buy it back at that lower. Now you're gonna have to buy it back at a higher. Right. So it, it there was wow, what was the number? Like seventy was it seventy-five billion that, I saw that, that was like the lost. overall losses yes. from short sales? Yeah. Oh boy. That's that's some big money. And and the thing is, is like, and I don't know if you I guess you kind of briefly touched it. This is just a bunch of people that kind of just got together and uh, almost like a a 4chan kind of group sort of deal. And they just kind of decided they were going to go after it and do this kind of thing. Like it's just a bunch of people essentially. Um, You know, they're not actual investors or not traders. It's not a company. And the part from what I can understand from all of this is it's also not illegal. So they're not only not breaking the wall to the best of my knowledge. Technically speaking, no, they're just, you know, making lots of very rich people lose lots and lots of money, which I'm sure that's going to go over real well. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're they're and they're the ones who have the money to lobby anyway. Right. So you're going to start seeing, I'm sure, very quickly, uh, them trying to pressure lawmakers into making something like this, like, oh, well, they're manipulating the the market. Except that's exactly what you're doing. When you go and you peddle on CNN money or uh, one of the other, you know, whether on the, the television or on the news sites going, hey, this one looks like it's going to do well. You're attempting to manipulate the market. Right. Because you want people to buy or sell as, as you were hoping they do because that's where your money is located. Right. They're just doing it in an organized platform. Well, and they're not, they're not talking about it. They're not hinting and getting other people to do it. These people are investing themselves, essentially. Right. They've just kind of collectively decided to do it to screw somebody else, which is kind of what makes it funny. I mean, they've essentially turned the stock market into a meme, you know, for all intents and purposes, um, which I think is, is kind of funny. But I guess my question to you then, Jason, is where does this go? Because, like, I'm kind of surprised this hasn't happened before. Um, it actually has. Not to this level. Okay. I... But I, I know because and, and there's a few articles I've read that have kind of pointed because 2008 when we had the like every time you hear about like the stock market bubble, mm-hmm. stock market crashing, usually there's something vaguely similar to this happening. You know, whether it's I mean, not like Reddit based, right? Um, but at least enough people getting together like, yo, there's there's something here. Let's go ahead and buy this. Right. We think it's going to rise. But I think this is different in the fact that it's essentially people trolling the stock market. Oh, and, yeah. And, and that's I think exactly that's, what makes this different. And, and I think that's what my question is, though, is, you know, now that this has happened and now that people are essentially getting the joke of it, you know, and it's, it's turned into a thing, I'm sure more people are going to want to pile onto this. Sure. And, you know, I kind of wonder... What happens next? Because like they did it to GameStop and they did it to a couple places like that. But I mean, that same type of power, I feel like could also be used. Like what if somebody decide, like, what if this group, you know, or because uh, like a lot of these people, there's actually another article we have. We'll, we'll throw it in the notes there. All these people are using Discord essentially as a way to kind of uh, what, what they call it, like an offline stock market kind of deal or whatever. Like they can all, you know, it's another trading place, you know, where people can kind of... Uh, discuss it and kind of organize, I guess is maybe the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. You know, like what happens though if this if this group decides to turn and they go after like Apple or they go after Tesla or they go after somebody else, you know, and, and <laughs> use those powers for for evil somewhere else instead of just on GameStop. And this is also AMC. Um mm-hmm. it isn't just AMC GameStop. was another big one. Yeah. Uh I, I think that the thing about it is for someone like Apple whose price I just looked at it earlier. Um, you know, it's it's high enough. It's going to stop most people from jumping right on in. You know, if I take a look, Apple right now is at one hundred thirty six dollars and sixty cents at this current moment time of recording. Right. Um, that's enough that you know people might might buy one or two. Right. Uh, a few people who have a bunch of money to blow could dump a bunch of shares in there. I don't think that that's going to be high enough to make a difference. Plus, okay. you don't typically see short selling for those big of companies. Yeah, that's true. The short selling are those who are like, you're on your way out. You're not going anywhere. When you go right. bankrupt, I'm going to be rich. Which is why I guess AMC makes a lot of sense because everybody's betting against theaters at this point, You know, especially with half of them shutting down. And that's the thing. Uh, personally, I know uh, AMC is one I've been watching for a bit because of all the 
the theaters that have already shut down because of the pandemic and everything. AMC, uh, Cobb, and I want to say Cinemark, but I could be wrong on that. I think Regal already said they were shutting down a lot of them. Regal so is I don't think they were part the, yeah, of that list. They were part of the one because they had a whole bunch of stuff in England and stuff. I think it was, it was too. We did a, we actually did a thing about that. And I feel like it was. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry. Sometimes I can never remember exactly what we talk about. Uh, but I think those three are still trying to hold on and trying to find ways of staying afloat until the end of this. Right. Here's the thing. From a personal standpoint, I feel like if they can survive the pandemic, what's the, one of the first things people are going to want to go back out and do? Watch a movie in the theater. How many times do you hear people like, oh, I actually missed that? You know, yeah. like there was something about the experience of going and seeing, and we talked about that too. You know, the experience of going to see a movie in the theater. I miss that. I don't miss the overpriced popcorn, but I do miss that weird, like, salt lip that you get from the movie theater popcorn yeah. you know what i'm talking about <laughs> uh you know it's uh, there is something to having the experience of going to a theater so i think if they can find a way to stay afloat until then yeah i think they're going to do very well at least right off the bat i see now i question that though because i, I actually think that they're a good one to short sell if you're going to go into that kind of deal because all the streaming services now are pumping content that direction instead of you know you look at um hbo max and everything like those guys they just dumped all their new movies that were in theory going to go into theaters now they're dumping them onto the streaming services so you know just for the sake of argument say you know three four months from now the pandemic just up and is done you know we, we vaccinate everybody enough everything's good and everybody can start going out and doing stuff again there's no movies necessarily in the pipeline that aren't already committed to other places to go into a theater directly so while amc could certainly bounce back and you're right i'm sure there's still going to be some sort of demand there you know to what's all said and done getting content could be a little bit of an issue yeah and that's and that's a fair worry and that's why i would say right now betting on amc or you know cinemark or any of those i think would very much be a gamble and i don't think it would be unless you're pumping you know a hundred thousand dollars into it i don't think you would make a lot back right but you'd make a little bit and sometimes every little bit helps i think with the the weird thing about this reddit group though i mean I, i'd say with the exception of gamestop because i'm amazed there's any sort of loyalty to gamestop at the same time i think it's less loyalty to a brand and more like we're just going to turn wall street on itself right because this is precisely what they do and it's perfectly legal and no one complains about it until the common man's trying to get a little money yeah. and break into that pie. And now, now we're starting to see some issues with that. However, there have been multiple bipartisan Congress people who act to be like, I see nothing wrong with this. Right. Um, Wall Street's been doing this. Now you want to get mad? Suck it up, Buttercup. And I'm loving every ounce of that. Well, and in fact, the uh, the, the place most of the people were buying and selling uh, from were, was an app called Robinhood. And they actually suspended trading uh, for GameStop in the AMC stock. And like you said, you know, um, you know, some of the lawmakers and, you know, some of the even a couple of big power players, like we talked about it before the show, you know, Elon Musk and, you know, a, a handful of other people. Uh, have have really called them out and said, hey, you know, this really shouldn't be something you can stop or you should stop, you know, just let this flow kind of deal. And so I find that, like like you said, you know, I find that to be kind of interesting, you know, 
this was never a problem until somebody decided to exploit maybe. But I mean, the mm-hmm. stock market as a whole almost kind of seems like a giant exploit. It's just different people were doing exploited. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just people not, I guess not being so upfront about it. Yeah. But now we're just taking that exploit, putting it in the front. You know, it's, it, it's kind of like, okay, so let's, for example, for our gamer friends out there, let's say you're playing an MMO and an exploit happens that is fully within the game's mechanics. They program this to happen. However, somebody found a way to use those same mechanics and make a lot of in-game currency. Right. And has now shared this secret with everybody else. Right. Some MMOs are like, okay, we're going to fix, fix that exploit and just cut it. But hey, for those who, those who uh, succeeded in getting that through, they're awesome. But this is how it's going to be going forward because now it's kind of breaking the game in ways that it shouldn't. Right. You know, it's an MMO. So your experience, you having all the money in the world when there's a, an auction house is now going to cause issues for everybody else. Okay. Well, it breaks the economy of the game. Right. And I think that's the problem here, though. You know, I think Wall Street's pissed off. And I don't mean to cut you off for your thing. I, I do want to hear how you finish that. But what I feel like is that Wall Street's just upset because somebody essentially is beating them at their own game now. Oh, exactly. That's the only reason they're upset about it. Because now the, the people who are losing aren't the common man. It's those Wall Street billionaires. Right. But, I mean, in and of itself, that, that should show you the problem. <laughs> Exactly. That says a lot of the problem right there. Like out hands down, if nothing else, yes, it probably does need to be looked at, but not for the reasons you think. Right. And this is actually what brings to the second point of my analogy. There are other games which this has happened in the past where either people have gotten banned from the game for using said exploit. Right. Or the funds that they got as a result of that exploit were taken away. It was just negated. I remember one in particular, although I do not recall which game it was, uh, that basically had their entire inventory wiped. Yeah, okay. Because they had no way to tell what came from the exploit and what didn't, but they could tell the exploit was used, so they wiped the inventory. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Why punish somebody for just using the mechanics of your game that you programmed into that? Right. In this case, why punish those we're playing the rules of the game in a way that actually works for them instead of, you know, the few people who actually know how the mechanics are working. Right. But I mean, if we're guessing at how the mechanics work. We have a rough idea. Right. We learn that in economics class. And, you know, at some point or another in the public school system, you've probably had at least a small tidbit of how the stock market works. Right. I feel like that was pretty common knowledge. Most don't recall it because if you don't use it, you lose it. But for sure. uh, you, you at least have a rough uh, understanding of how it works on the grand scheme of things. Those people who understand the in-depth ins and outs of how it works, though, are the ones who are profiting. So now that other people are starting to get this knowledge, why punish them for that? My thing is, kudos to y'all. You figured out a way to, to, to work the system and make it work. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I'm kind of pro this group. Yeah. Like, I really am. No, yeah, I agree. And like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm jealous that, you know, they kind of figured it out and that I didn't catch on quick <laughs> enough, you know, to, to do this. You know, I said something to my wife about it. We were talking about this the other day and she's like, I'm going to have to start watching that subreddit a lot better. You know, and I was like, you yeah. Know? And that's, I mean, especially for the next couple of weeks, you know, because unless they pass some sort of 
like legislation or, you know, they do something. And you knew that won't be quick. Yeah, probably not. Well, I don't know when you got a lot of, a lot of big people, a lot of big money, you know, when you're, you're talking about losing $70 million in what essentially a week, if it was even that long. But there's been bipartisan, like in favor of this group. So I'm finding that hilarious. Yeah. I bet there's more people. We'll see like, how well, how quick that turns, yeah. but I can, I can see a few of them not turning. Oh, I'm sure. Basically, their their platform is like, yeah, work it. Right. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how that goes. You know, and I was uh, I was reading part of the article here, and uh, this is uh, you know from our favorite source, The Verge, and and uh, it says right now more people are betting against GameStop than betting it will succeed. Short interest is 71.2 million shares, yep. while GameStop only has 69.7 million shares outstanding. So essentially, does that mean there's more demand than there is supply essentially for the shares? Or the valuation of the shares that are being bought outvalue the company? I think that's more accurate. Uh, <laughs> it's tough terrifying. for me to give kind of a... It is I mean, kind people of are literally buying GameStop into the ground. Yes, because uh, I, I, at some point, they're all going to pull. Oh, yeah. And when that happens... Well, it'd be back to $2 a share. Yes, uh, first and foremost, yes. So honestly, if the, if the, if the short sellers have time to wait, <laughs> they'd buy it now and wait till it drops again once everybody sells off their stuff, uh, yeah. which is also why the last thing I heard from them, most of them were like, hold, don't sell, because that's exactly what they want you to do. Yeah, okay. Um, so I'm... I mean, which makes sense from a logic standpoint. Sometimes to to beat your enemy, you have to think like your enemy. Well, and there's nothing to stop a round two of this, right? Like everybody could pull out essentially and crash this. And then they could literally just do it again in like two weeks. And essentially we could, we could create this same rise and fall essentially at will. And I think that's what is bothering everybody. Sometimes (laughs) that's what's bothering the people with the money and the power. Right. Because essentially they're, they're being played with like toys at that point because there's, it's at Reddit's whim, you know, is really what it boils down to. It's, you know, whatever they feel like playing with that day. And I, I, I almost want to use the term idiot savant a little bit because it's like <laughs> the old joke was like, never underestimate the power of stupid people in large numbers. <laughs> Here's the thing. Those quote unquote stupid people are, are being kind of brilliant. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is maybe somebody lucked into figuring this out. Maybe someone pays a lot more attention, but doesn't have the capital to get this ball rolling. And is charismatic enough to get it rolling. I don't know who started it. I don't know. I think you're miss. I think you're misreading that. I don't think these are stupid people. I think that these are. I think there's a lot of people that are are taking somebody that is kind of a key player. I'm sure there are people helping to point this. Um, but I mean, I know like uh, some of the lawsuits that were brought. You know, uh, the class action lawsuits that were brought against like Robinhood and stuff when they stopped the trading. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of that's coming from some of the lawyers that are on Reddit in the first place. You know, they have all kinds oh, of, yeah. you know, subreddits and stuff. So, I, I mean, Reddit's honestly a terrifying place if it's not <laughs> in your favor because you have a little bit of everybody from all walks of life. And, you know, and that's why I mean, I don't necessarily mean stupid people, but let's be let's be clear about one thing. This whole thing became a meme. Oh, yeah. Immediately it became a meme. And people are like, oh, yeah, I'll buy that just because. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. So you're buying it as a joke. And that's the that's the power of Reddit, though, is it's like, you know, all you have yeah. to do is they're just kind of pointing the ship a little bit. And then, you know, everybody's just piling on the power. <laughs> Although I love how, you know, it's like 
as a human society, we uh, we start with hieroglyphics and cave drawings, and I know two completely different eras in time, but go with me here. Uh, and then we develop language, and then we uh, develop multiple languages, and then we expound upon that, make it nice, and English is flowing, and German, and French, and all these other languages are flowing, only to come back to speaking in memes and emojis. Right. Uh, <laughs> But in this case, these memes and emojis kind of got a point across because not everybody's on that Reddit. I didn't know that Reddit existed. I just started seeing memes about it mm -hmm. until I was like, hold up. What are you talking right. about? If this has now become a meme, it's like Bernie Sanders in a chair. Yep. If it's become a meme, it's because it started somewhere. Now I want to know where it started. And then I looked into it and I'm like, damn, why didn't I see that Reddit post like three months ago? Right. Yeah, when somebody was kicking I've us around doing as an quite idea. Well right now. Yeah, because I mean, even as a joke, like you could have put 50 bucks into it, you know, just for fun and you'd still be doing yeah. well. <laughs> you know, it's like I was telling you before we started this whole thing. When I originally looked at GameStop, like I said, a year or so ago, it was like, a, I think it was down like $2 a share. It was not much. Yeah. It might have been 10, but I'm going to go with two here. Uh, at $400 a share, not even the 480 it is right now. If I'd have sold that, that'd have been 20 grand. Yep. And if I would have lasted the year, the taxes would have been not near as much. So I would have gotten a good chunk of that. Yeah. And that's when I originally had thought about it. So now I'm really kind of mad that I didn't just pick up some back then, even if it was just a few. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And I think it's going to, like I said, I think it's going to be interesting to see too, if, if left, it won't be left unchecked. There's no way to be left unchecked because I feel like, you know, while it's a meme now, you know, people are going to keep abusing this until something really breaks badly, <laughs> you know, or Reddit will just keep, it'll, it'll keep turning into a bigger and bigger, you know, entity until it really does some serious damage. Not that $71 million isn't, you know, serious damage, but, you know, like I said, they could start pointing this at a lot of other places, I think, and they could use this essentially bargaining power or buying power, you know, I mean, because essentially they're controlling the market. And they're really offsetting the trading of a lot of other places. You know, Apple stock today is down. They uh, they did their quarterly earnings, and it was their most profitable quarter to date with $111 billion in three months, which is stupidly crazy numbers. But their stock is actually down, and that's all due to what's going on with this game, GameStop and AMC stuff. So... You know, not only is it messing with the people that are short selling stocks and, and causing them to lose money, I can't imagine companies like Apple and like Tesla and other places like that, that their stock essentially is going down on good news where it would typically be going up. You know, I can't imagine that makes them overly happy about this either. No, but I also think there's another part to that too. And that's because some of these people who are short selling are having to sell off other more profitable stocks. In order to to pay the difference, right, cover the losses, kind of deal, right? So as a result, yes, some of the big players you're going to see that stock go down, and I'm sorry, but to some extent, boohoo. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like here's the thing: like I, GameStop's not a mom and pop, and I I've never been the biggest GameStop fan. Uh, I think the the I think the marketing model they have, uh, hey, you know, it's business. Do what you're going to do, but I don't particularly agree with it. If this were somebody who had you know, not as many resources and can act in a quick enough fashion, your stock is up, you have a little more buying power, perhaps you can get 
you know, some ways to kind of fix things up because you now technically would have more investment style income than you would have otherwise. You know what I mean? So somebody who, let's say you work for GameStop and I don't know if they do this. I've worked for a few companies where you could get employee stock, you know, each month on, right. you know, as you get paid, you get so many shares of stock. Right. Uh, if you're working for GameStop and you got employee stock, now it's probably a boon for you, especially if you've been there for a while. Yeah. But, you know, if you have somebody in the position of power, you know, it's like somebody higher up could sell some of this now at this higher stock and have more money into the business. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Because typically you do have your business shares too, where the company itself does own a portion of the shares. Like equity shares or whatever, the, the really good stuff. So theoretically, as this goes up, this, I mean, because you had mentioned it, it could be used for evil because if you didn't do something like that, you could completely crash out and bankrupt a company if done in high enough numbers. Well, I mean, how is that not, how is that not going to happen when this all pulls out? Or are we assuming that some of the people that bought in will just leave it there? I think some will. Which, I mean, with, the, some will ride this with ride. the jump, it seems unlikely, but. Yeah, some will take the, the quick payday. Some will hope for further. But I think there's going to be enough people who don't play the stock market enough. Uh, that will let it ride too long. Yeah, mind you, I don't see it. I don't foresee it dropping from four hundred to two dollars again overnight. Really? I mean, because <laughs> as fast as Reddit put it in, you don't think it could just take it out? Uh, they could, but likely not in the same day. Those who pulled it out first won. Those who pulled it out later didn't win as much. Sure. So even if you only made two dollars at the end of it, like yeah, I'd be mad I didn't make as much as I could have, but I made a little something. Right, but but. Based on what you were saying just a couple of minutes ago, though, about Reddit trying or not Reddit about GameStop trying to capitalize on this for their side, when everybody pulls out, then suddenly, you know, they're back down to two dollars a share. They're not worth anything, and they're still not making any money because we're still in a pandemic kind of deal. So I feel like this is really going to be. I mean, this I feel like this really could break them to what's all said and done, and it's very possible. And that's why I think, and like I said, I am no economist. I I know nothing of this. I think let's say I was a mom and pop store that just or a, like a mom and pop started chain, you know, that just mm-hmm. went public. We're at two dollars. Y'all bumped us up to four hundred, but we've got our own. You know, we own ninety eight percent shares of the company, but they're company based shares. Like I don't, I don't personally own this. The company owns it. If that makes sense, right? Now we're doing, you know, terrible because the pandemic. Stocks have went high. Cool. I'm gonna go sell and make this money that y'all put in back. Even if the stock goes down, I have more equity and more money now that I can pump back into the company and keep it afloat. I feel like there's, and it's a stretch. And like I said, I could be way off base here. Yeah. But I could also see that being a thing that could theoretically work. Yeah. To keep, even if it only bought you a little bit of time. But I think the company side, like when they buy and sell, and especially the higher ups, like I know, like I remember this was a thing with, uh, with Tim Cook and Johnny Ive and stuff. You know, people that had really good expensive Apple stock. I know that they can't they can't just buy and sell some of that at whim either. Like they have to do it True. in like controlled trades and stuff because, you know, obviously they have inner insider information. You have to schedule it out. Right. So like, you know, could they still could they still make out and could this still be a benefit, you know, if this is happening in two weeks from now, maybe. But to me that's And I don't know how long you have to hold that for as far as how long you have to schedule it out. Right. I know you do. I know for for company side, and you're absolutely right on that. Um, to avoid investor or inside trading, 
you have to basically like I have some somebody else does all my stuff for me and it's scheduled to sell like like hey I want to sell some of this you have to put it in like six months in advance I mean it's right. it's a decent ahead of time right you know enough that you have no insider information that could have inf- affected that right so no you're right and what I'm thinking is pr- likely just a pipe dream in that case because of that <laughs> right there. So I don't know. I mean, unless this were to still hold on for six months, which I doubt. I see that bubble bursting well before that. Well, I don't think this will last more than a week or two because that is Reddit. And like I said, ultimately, <laughs> right now, Reddit is what's running running the Wall show. Street. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they're going to get bored in a week and they're either going to go and do it somewhere else or the game will be over. You know, the, the they'll put some sort of a rule or something in place and it'll break the game and then it won't be fun anymore. So then they'll move on to something else. I don't know. Bernie memes are still going strong. We're a little over a week in. Yeah, but Bernie memes didn't piss off people with lots of money and potentially enact, you know, uh, monumental change, you know, overnight. Well, you know, there's that. So, yeah, I don't know. I, and like I said, the other, the, the last, I guess the last point I have to this, or the last uh, devil's advocate, maybe, we were talking about how this, how like I feel like it could kind of swamp GameStop till it's all said and done when everybody pulls out. I also kind of wonder if, you know, say you're just Joe Schmo that invested in GameStop, you know, just because it was one of your stocks you happen to have or happen to want. And then all this kind of stuff happens and goes on and it's up and down and up and down. I wonder if this also makes some people pull out because it makes the stock, you know, because essentially it was turned into a game of people like, oh, well, this is an unsafe stop. So, you know, other than the Redditors pulling out, you then potentially have other people that were were invested in it prior who don't sure. want to do that now because you know who knows what the market could do or as high as it was you just pulled out you're like yep, yeah now's the time exactly so you know i i don't know and like i said i don't know i don't know that enough might of, actually hurt worse honestly yeah and and i don't know enough about the economics of it like you said i i, I by no means claim to be an expert i don't foresee how there's a win for gamestop in this and AMC, I feel like, is probably even in a worse position because they're really not like there's no even bringing money in on the back end. At least GameStop is still open and working and like, you know, but as a whole, I mean, the movie theaters are stopped, closed and, you know, shut down for all intents and purposes. Yeah, but I at least feel like if you had some stock in GameStop, if you had some stock in GameStop, at least right now anyway this would be the one time you can trade in a few different things and not and get more than two dollars for it <laughs> drops the mic <laughs> <laughs> so no i i agree with you and and i guess that i think so it's i really be- just wanted to make that joke i've been waiting <laughs> all cast to make that joke i'm glad it worked out for you yeah no i think it'll be an interesting ride to see you know, kind of where this goes and how it works and you know, hopefully in the next week or two, we can kind of maybe revisit this real quick as a follow-up topic. And I feel a follow-up is going to be needed on this. Uh, and like I said, I mean, I'm still eyeballing. I'm not buying GameStop. That's for damn sure. <laughs> uh, but AMC still at 14. You know what? Uh, still considering if it opens back up, which it's supposed to tomorrow. Yep. I might not buy, you know, I'm not buying a ton of shares in it, but I've got a little bit of money that's waiting in my account that, I mean, until I go and take the time to set up a different one, because I am actually using Robinhood. I'm one of those. And was actually rather annoyed at the fact that, you know, they turned it off. I, while I kind of get why, I also don't. Because yeah. it's like, hmm, that's, that's not how a free market economy is supposed to work. 
but I digress because we hit that a little bit earlier. I think for me, I, I've always found an interest anyway in very light stock trading, more so just kind of watching, holding mm-hmm. it for the year. And now that my year's up, I can take a look. Do I want to keep some of these stocks? Do I want to get rid of them? Do I want to pick up some more? If I were to take a look at things I think we're going to do well going forward, I think it's going to be things that could survive the pandemic, things that people are going to want to do after the pandemic or pick mm-hmm. up at that point. Uh, renewable energy, I think, is another great place to drop some money into. You know, especially with us rejoining the Paris Accords. Yeah, I think that renewable energy under this administration is going to be a real big thing. Uh, so I, I would foresee that's the other place that I'm looking to to actively take a part in. Yeah, because I think those are things that are that are only going to get better. Also, kind of wish I could go back in time, and put some money into Pfizer. Knowing now that they are one yeah, of right. two uh, <laughs> of the vaccine uh, makers, so yeah, all the things I wish I knew back then. You know, right. if I could go back to 1983 and put some money in Google or whenever Google actually started, I don't know the number offhand. Uh, oh yeah, or Amazon when it started. Good God, I would be rich right now. Well, and that's the, that's the kicker. I think like, and uh, this might be a nice little way to just kind of curtail this off at the end. Yeah. You know, I, I've always said, like, uh, I think if I could use a time machine just once, like what I would do is I would, you know, I would essentially put in like the uh, the put in and pull out dates for some of the different companies. So, you know, depending on how far back you go, you go back into the 80s or, you know, 70s and you tell your parents to put a whole bunch into, you know, Lego, Mattel, Microsoft, uh, Microsoft, you know, Apple. Apple. <laughs> yeah. You know, any of the the, the big ones. Um, you know, and, and then again, Ubiquity, just, you know, hashtag sponsored or hashtag not sponsored, hashtag could be sponsored. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried for you. Yeah. Right. I'll take it. But yeah, no, I think that would be, uh, I think if I could, you know, have that, uh, the dream of getting to go back in time kind of deal and doing it, I think that's definitely what I would do. Uh, just, you know, I, I'd have more money than I would know what to do with at this point. Cause you know, you're essentially hitting all those companies at the exact perfect prime and I can't even imagine. <laughs> that'd be that'd be life changing for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. Although, then again, we'd go to the whole Back to the Future thing, and now we need to change the future like that. Um, yeah, that that would be interesting. But then again, if we could go back and do that, it would be epic. Yeah. For ha ha ha. I see what you did there. Speaking of epic, <laughs> uh, so we did come across another interesting thing. So, so let me ask you this before I get to this article. Um, do you have the uh, Epic Store, like on your computer. Now I know you run a Mac, and I don't know how much is actually Mac friendly. I dual boot Windows, so yes, I do have oh, the that's Epic right. Store. Yeah, I forgot you do that now. Yep. Uh, so you do have the Epic Store. Yep. So uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember when Borderlands Three came out, and I was super excited for it, and I found it was going to be an Epic Games exclusive. Now I am one of those. I have been on Steam now for the past. I think I just got my 14 year uh, badge, if I oh, remember nice. correctly. I mean, I've been on there for quite some time. I legit have 600 games on Steam. Thanks, Humble Bundle. Wow, really? 600 games? I just hit 600 with the last month's Humble wow. Bundle. Wow. Okay. Um. So I have that badge proudly on my my. I mean, I don't know. Is it proud or ashamed? I haven't played most of them, which is also sad. But my problem is, like, I'll buy stuff. I'm like, ooh, I really want this game. Oh, it's part of a bundle. Let me get the whole bundle. And mm-hmm. I do. And then I'm like, I'll play the game I wanted to play. Right. I might play one or two other ones out of that bundle. And then I never get around to playing the rest. Right. Uh, and then I started with Humble Bundle. And again, not sponsored, but I kind of wish they would. Because I wouldn't even, like, 
I will sing their praises all damn day. <laughs> um, so if you, if, if you don't know, you know, like I said, here, here's my non-sponsored plug of the day. Uh, if you don't know, Humble Bundle is a great store to go check out, humblebundle.com. They have different bundles. You can get games, books, audio, stuff like that, a little bit of everything. But they also have a Humble Monthly. So it's uh, a curated list of games that you get to choose from. Uh, I think right now there's typically 10 to 12 games on choice, and you get like nine of them. Uh, now, I still have the old subscription, so I get all of them, which is wonderful. And nice. you don't know what comes out until they announce it which is basically the sixth of every month. So I don't know what I'm going to get next month, uh, but I know, you know, like I've picked up Yakuza from that. I've picked up Tomb Raider. I've picked up so many different games, some of which I was mad because I literally just bought the game the week before. Right. Hashtag PC building simulator. <laughs> I bought it. And I'm like, you know what? It's on sale. It's a winter sale. Let me pick it up. Right. Next month, it was on the, the monthly bundle. I'm like, well, I got a free code for that. Uh, so it, it's, it's cool, uh, especially with the bundles, but I think even if you buy something outright, they actually have three separate sliders for their bundles. Cause normally the, the ones they do, not the monthly, but the, the main bundles that have, you have like a $1 tier and average price that average the people have played. And that will adjust over time. And you'll have like a tier two with a few other options. And then whatever your big tier is, you know, maybe it's, if you, paid $15 or $25, you get everything on the list. Mm -hmm. So at the end, let's say you bought the $25. Um, you can actually decide how much of that you want to go to Humble Bundle, how much you want to go to their chosen charity of choice. Yeah, alliteration. Uh, or you can actually choose a different charity if you so desire. As long as it's one of their approved charities, doesn't matter. You can add to that. And then you can say how much you want to go to the publisher. Okay. If you want it all yeah. to go to charity, you can do that and you get every ounce of what you unlocked with $25. That's cool. It's, it's a wonderful, um, it's a wonderful site, a wonderful group. I'm not sure who started or how long they've been around, but a buddy of mine gave it, gave me a six month subscription as a gift, uh, like two Christmases ago. And I've had them ever since. Yeah. And I've picked up a few other bundles now and again throughout too. And it's really like a, a win, win, win kind of deal. You know, everybody's kind of really benefiting from that one. So, Oh Yeah. Because some people don't change the slider, so Humble's still getting theirs, and the publishers are still getting theirs. And there's a few who, like, very low-level, like, one, two-person team publishers who will publish two Humble Bundle. So, mm -hmm. I mean, every once in a while when they do their monthly, usually there's one or there's usually another little, uh, like, indie game that's just kind of tossed in on the end. Which, I mean, it's a nice way to also get somebody's name out there. I've played some of them, and some are actually really good. Yeah. Like, some of the random free game that's DRM-free, just download it, you're good. While you're a, a subscriber to their monthly program, you have access to their Trove, which is basically all of the indie games they've ever put out. It's like nine oh, or so cool. in there. You can just download the installer, store it on a server, and it's it's yours, DRM-free. Huh. That's pretty sweet. So, yeah, go check it out. Um, like I said, non-sponsored plug, but I will I will give them that, that free plug there huh. this time. Yeah, right. Hashtag could be sponsored. Uh, <laughs> But no, um, going back to Epic, I remember when Borderlands 3 came out, I didn't necessarily want to jump ship and have yet another game store because Origins got theirs, mm -hmm. uh, which I, I do have a, a few on there. Uh, what's the other big one that I'm not thinking of at the moment? I don't know offhand. There's another big one that 
has their own launch blizzard. But yeah, so say blizzard. maybe that's who I was probably thinking of, uh, which makes sense, but they have enough games that they themselves put out, you know I mean? Like steam started because it was just valve and then right. They become a platform for everybody else. Uh, Epic came in and it felt like they were kind of trying to undercut steam, which I also can't blame them for. Cause from a publisher level, steam's um, fees were a little on the high side. Yeah. Epic did give another choice, but for whatever reason, I jumped on the anti Epic bandwagon and did not buy borderlands three until it came out on steam. Mm-hmm. And then I realized some of the games Epic was putting out on its, uh, they actually do one free game a week. Uh, I think the new one just dropped today. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. So if nothing else, log into your, Epics, your Epic store once a week and get your free game. No subscription needed. It's just yours. I didn't actually realize they did that. Okay. They do have another couple of free games. I've actually been playing Rocket League lately, Yeah, right. which I Rocket never League. really played before uh, mm-hmm. and then kind of got into that, which is fun. You know, some games I am absolutely terrible. And the other one, I ended up picking up MVP, <laughs> taking two of our three goals and won the match with nice. like two seconds left to go. I got my last goal and it was enough to give us the win. Like, yay. Sweet. And then you get excited because I didn't know what I was doing. I just got lucky. <laughs> Usually I end up hitting my boost a little too soon and just fly right past the ball. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but apparently looking at last year's stats, the Epic Game Store users there were 749 million free games that were claimed. And you got to think, last year was really when it was big for people. Or was it last year or the year? Maybe it was two years ago when it was real big when people were going anti-Epic because everybody wanted to play Borderlands 3, but they wanted to play it on Steam or elsewhere and not on Epic. Yeah. Because I remember there was a big thing about that. But, um, but then Fortnite hit. Yeah. That's probably, what, 75% of that number? Honest, well, yeah, I mean, that's very possible between that and Rocket League, honestly, because yeah, I guarantee yeah, there's, which is still for as long as Rocket League's been around. I, as soon as a game ends, I might have 10 seconds before the next game starts again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not mad at that at all. There's no real lobby to wait in. It's just right. go. And sometimes, right. like, oh, I got to wait 15 seconds because somebody just didn't hit ready. That's the longest I really had to wait. I, I'm not waiting five minutes between matches like I have when I played Call of Duty back in the day. Like right. I'm gonna yeah, put yeah. my controller down, go grab a sandwich, I'm come back, <laughs> come I might back see them. We're good. about ready. Um, no, this is just I got up to grab a drink and I'm, I'm time I'm getting back. Jess looks over and she's like, Oh, there's a countdown on your screen. I'm like, Oh, it's starting already. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm trying to grab my controller. Well, and I was trying to do some real quick mental math. Uh mm-hmm. 749 million. So 749, if you do what, 25% of that, that comes out to like, what, 190-ish. So, you know, out of, out of almost 750 million people, even at 25% left, you're still looking at almost 200 million people. I, I do kind of, I, I kind of wish there was a breakdown because I think that would be kind of neat to see. But they actually do give a little bit here, um, to some extent anyway. So it looks like as of 20 in 2019, there were 108 million users registered. Ooh, um, holy crap. That's a so huge I mean, jump that because <laughs> you were saying, you know, when was the big downfall? But I mean, obviously, and I thought and here's the thing, it must have still been popular. then because here's the thing. I know I still had a registered Epic account, right? I don't remember what game it was. I picked up on it, but I, there was some free game and I clicked on the. The email link that I got, it was probably a GameSpot email mm-hmm. and uh, registered my account and got right. my free game. 
honestly, it was probably Fortnite because uh, I've only I've played ever I've only ever played like two or three rounds of it. The building kind of threw me off a bit, but kudos to those who can do the building in that game on the fly like they do. I just could never really get into that. But it wasn't a horrible game. Looks like as of last year there were 103 free games. Now it should also be noted, which doesn't say in here, at least not that I saw, during the holiday season. For a good week, week and a half, it was daily that they were putting okay. out free games, which also worked out in my favor because at least two of those games were on my Steam wish list. Oh, nice. So I didn't have to buy them there. Uh, I'll take that. And one of them was 20 bucks. Stranded Deep was still 20 bucks on Steam. So I'll take that for free. Heck yeah. Um, so 103 free games were redeemed 749 million <laughs> times. So. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to continue giving away games in 2021. It's not that they're all bad games. Like, if I go in right, right now, I don't know if it'll show me old games, but... And I think that's also part of the scale that we're not necessarily maybe uh, properly uh, displaying as well. 749 million free games. So that doesn't include for- all the actual paid stuff above and beyond it. Mm-hmm. You know, they were... And that's a little bit farther down. Uh, it says gamers spent 700 million within the PC game store in 2020 with 265 million of that being on actual amount, uh, spent by gamers on third party games, not made by Epic. So, right. I mean, they're making money hand over fists on this. So, I mean, I can't be mad at that. Cause I even take a look. So if I look at my library right now, right. Uh, now, like I said, I picked up most, but not all the ones at the holiday sale. Sometimes I just miss the day and it's like, no, mm. I wanted that. Uh, but I picked up like Tropico 5. And like I said, some of these I did have from beforehand. Uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon, Night in the Woods, just because it looked cute. Jurassic World Evolution, Inside, the spiritual successor to Limbo. I think it was by the same company too. So it's a sequel, but not. Like I, it might be in the same universe, but I, it plays similarly. Uh, I actually probably do need to install that because I really want to play it. Um, Elite Dangerous, I know, was going for about 20 bucks. Moonlighter is a wonderful game. I've played that. Uh, Metro 2033, My Time in Porsche. So, I mean, we're not talking super like indie games or right. you know, in some cases, not even cheap games. Moonlighter is still going for at least 10 or 14 bucks. Right. So it's like... I can't be mad at it. <laughs> I take back everything I said in 2019 for Borderlands three. Like I wish I would have just played it earlier when than I did. Yeah. Um, you know, but at the same time, for whatever reason, I stuck to my guns. I ended up buying on steam and we're all, we're all good. You know, I only have it in one location now. Right. Which is fine. But you know, it's like, it's another valid platform. And I, I think the big thing to take away from that is regardless of the hate they were getting at that time and all the, oh, boycott Epic, they survived. Right. They did just fine. Uh, yeah, they're doing more than just fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, it's, it's interesting to see this article now to look at like, oh, and that's just what, like I said, that's just what you gave away for free, but you still have that many million registered users. Well, and the other kicker is, remember Apple and Epic had their whole big split this year as well. So part of those numbers... Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine how much bigger those numbers could have been had they still been pumping Apple users into it. Yeah. So, I mean, it could have been, it could have been a lot more. Which yeah, because that's just from the store. Right. Because here's the thing. Even if you had an old Epic game on one of the other uh, sites, but it was already downloaded, or I think, 
if I remember correctly, even if they no longer offered it for sale, you could still download it. Mm-hmm. They couldn't stop you from doing that. That would be kind of right. Dirty pull. Even when you take a look at like Destiny Two, they were on uh, Blizzard for a while mm-hmm. and then ended up in Steam. Instead of having to rebuy it, your key just transferred over. Right. Right. So if you're doing something like that, don't mind. You don't have to worry about trying to download it through the Blizzard app. You can download it. It's all just transfers right over with all all your purchases except like the silver, you know, your in-game purchase. But if you bought the item in-game, that would come over. So just spend it before you move. Right. But I don't know. I, I think yeah, they're they're doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I feel bad now looking back because I'm like, I, that was a bandwagon. They didn't really need to hate, and especially when you took a little deep dive in the details. Really, it seemed like they were more so trying to do right by the publisher. Yeah. I, I, I still don't know enough about the details to really give a full opinion on that. I just feel like I, I, will, I will take the L and say I might have been wrong on that. Yeah. Um, shades of great to everything. Yeah, true. Yeah. And that's, I think, absolutely the, the case. So uh, speaking of shades of gray and black and things that are epic, this whole like next gen consoles and them all being, <laughs> you know, the sizes of houses, essentially, <laughs> they're so massive. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the fact that Ikea thought it was warranted or needed to essentially make mock consoles so that people could carry them around and stick them into random pieces of Ikea, Ikea furniture to make sure the new consoles fit because they're so grotesquely oversized. <laughs> I think it's brilliant from Ikea. Right. Uh, first and foremost, I, I genuinely think that was a brilliant move. It's one of those I don't think a lot of people would think of. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to shake the hand of whoever thought of like, you know what would be a great idea? Like we sell furniture. Right. And we sell furniture. You got to put it together yourself. And you're going to be mad if you took the time to put this together. And now something doesn't fit. Right. And we have something that a lot of people are going to want. Right, right. But why not help them make sure it fits? Brilliant. Right. Hands down. That being said, do these consoles need to be so big? My answer actually might be yes. And here's why. So take a look at a PC, right? Because basically that's what these are at this point. Oh, yeah. They're gaming PCs. I mean, a, a good gaming PC will run better, but... You know. But not for the price. Not for, mm, Nope. Yeah. Well, Li- no, not Li- for the price. Linus Tech actually just did a video about this where they tried to build a they tried to build a gaming PC for the same price of buying a console, and they could they got one that you know it was able to play it similarly, but there was an awful lot of trade offs in order to get to that same goal. No, and and that does make sense. Um, so yeah, uh, from that from that example, uh, yeah, trying to compare apples to oranges is a little bit tricky. But wanna, you are you are not wrong. I don't want to feed the beast that is PC Master Race here. You know, I got to keep them in check. Ah, <laughs> uh, but I like playing. I see. My problem is I started playing keyboard and mouse, and I barely can do controller except for certain games, platformers. Yeah, like I'm playing Bloodstained right now. Yes, absolutely need a controller for that. Some people can do platforming on a keyboard and mouse. I am not one of them as much. I can do a little bit. But no, I, I think when you take a look at like your, your giant tower PCs versus your mini PCs, you're not jamming the same level of performance out of it. You know what I mean? Right. So especially because cooling is going to be a big problem. With something as compact as some of the old... Um, consoles were 
yeah, I mean, either you were sacrificing a little bit of performance to make it more portable because you had to drop something. Look at PC versus a laptop. Your graphics card is not the same, and you can tell. Right. Because have you seen the 3080s? Those things are absolutely massive. I think uh, Linus again actually had held up a 3080 mm-hmm. to a relatively new. Uh, I mean, it was a new computer uh, that actually has a 30 series graphics card built in. Mm-hmm. The gra- the graphics card on its own was bigger. <laughs> oh yeah, like three times as thick. <laughs> yeah, than the full laptop while closed right. at its thickest point. I mean, it's. But you also have that much extra cooling, right? It, well, and because you have that much power right. that can go through it. So, and I think that is is two thirds of this entire conversation is just cooling. You know, even you're talking about oh, yeah. gaming PCs and and the size that they are. They're that big one because they have big hardware, but the hardware is big because they all need giant fans or giant liquid coolers or you know whatever it is your your method is to cool. But I don't disagree with you that the, the consoles need to be that large. But I think the I think the kicker is is that the reason they are so large or the reason it is such a bigger deal this round is because this is the first generation where I think the console hardware is more or less on point with just for the sake of argument, the average gaming PC. You know, I realize there is certainly stuff out there that is a lot better, but oh you know, right. blow for blow, I mean, these things are really going toe to toe with a lot of computers. So the fact that they're essentially giving you something for that price and on the Xbox side, essentially doing the whole monthly payment deal. We talked about that a couple of months ago, you know, being able to buy these things for what, 20 some bucks a month or whatever, you know, so to be able to get something essentially that cheap, even in the size that they are doing is still extremely impressive. I just think it is a little bit crazy though, that it's so big. It's so bulky, you know, that people are now having to make, furniture choices based on the equipment that they plan to put in it. Now, I will say there is one other big caveat to the price point here. If you buy Xbox, and I mean, for the most part, PlayStation as well, you still basically have to get your monthly subscription to get your full service out of it, specifically on Xbox. Because PlayStation, you do not need to have a PS Pro account to play multiplayer on the free games. right? And I don't think you have to on some of the paid ones, too. You might, I'm not 100% on that, but I know for Xbox, you need to have a gold subscription even if you're playing a free game online multiplayer. Right. So you do kind of need to take that into account because if I go and buy a game on Steam on my PC, yes, my PT, my, yes, my PC is going to cost more up front, mm-hmm. but I don't have to pay a monthly subscription to Steam to play online. Right. If I'm playing World of Warcraft, sure, got to pay but you're not paying that for the computer with the ability to play it on computer. You're paying that to the company putting out a, a service, a software as a service. Right. Right. So taking that into account too, I think the other big question would be how many months then do you have to pay before that cost evens out? Because I would also argue that a PC is going to last you twice as long as a console is generally when you give the, uh, the life cycle of when new consoles come out, which is what? Six to 10 years. Would you argue six? I was going to argue four. And I feel like four was kind of generous, but I think between the four, the PS3 and the PS4, or the PS4 and the PS5, you know, if only there was a magical device, (laughs) I will give you an exact answer right now. Well, but I still, I take your meaning. um, And I wasn't factoring in, 
you know, monthly subscriptions or anything like that. So, I mean, there is something to be said for that. I think you're not wrong. I don't know. I mean, I think if you stand corrected, go ahead. Six years. Okay. It was uh, seven. It was 20. It was November, 2013 and November, 2020. Right. So I do, I do stand corrected. In which case, if you build a PC, like good enough. And I say that because I mean, parts, some things you, yeah, you can swap out a single part. You can add more RAM. You can swap out a GPU. Uh, You're not up and replacing your whole PC typically. Uh, but after five years, you're probably upgrading something. So it is very tough to try to get a good comparison between the two only because of that. Because you do have your ongoing, which uh, I know Xbox's cost just went up and then apparently went back down, if I saw. Like they had teased that they were going to increase the price of everything, but then opted not to do it. Yeah, I think that was a COVID Um, thing. I think people were freaking out that they were going to raise prices. In the middle of a pandemic? Right. Yeah, that's kind of shady. Um. (laughs) That's another topic for another day. Yes. Um, but yeah, so even what it was, what, 120 bucks, I think? No, it's what it was going to be. I guess 60. What is the current Xbox goal? Whatever it is. I know PlayStation, let's use that because I know that number, is 60 for a year. Yeah, okay. So the PS5 is what? 600? Yeah, for, for I think like one? the disc version. You know, for the, the top of the line, big hard drive. Yeah, I think so. so. So let's go with that. I mean, trying to compare at least as close to accurate as you can in most computer. Well, most computers don't have a disk drive anymore. Um, <laughs> I mean, it depends what you buy. But okay, let's say six ninety nine, seven fifty after that first year. So you're still making off with the console. After a few years, though, that's definitely gone. And, it, and I mean, it'll take some time. Even yeah. at sixty bucks a year, it's going to take some time. Arguably, it could end up coming out very similar price-wise. Sure. But I would say spec-wise, PC's still going to blow it out of the water over that same course of time. Well, and it depends on usage. So, true. I mean, if you're building a computer that's going to also work for your job on a day-to-day basis, you know, and you just happen to then use it for gaming when you get home or when you're done at the end of the day, you know, obviously the net value changes drastically so you know i'm not i'm not here to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do what you should or shouldn't buy you know i i I think there's way too many nuances for that but yeah i I 100 get what you're got you know get where you're coming from and and understand what you're saying and i won't completely hit on like you know the whole pc master race argument because well yes i do most of my gaming on my pc i still have my xbox one i still have a ps4 so like the only one i don't have which i do actually one because there's a few games on there I really want to play uh, is the Switch. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So I, I, I don't, sorry, Nintendo. Uh, I don't have uh, a Switch, but I still have my GameCube. I still play that from time to time. There you go. Uh, finally got that working again. Now I just need to replace my controllers because they are shot. Kind of old and have been in storage and it just doesn't, nope. But, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's one of those that, you know, Play what you want to play. Yeah. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, I, I, it still comes down to the size. As long as you can find a place for it mm-hmm. and make it fit your aesthetic, it'll be fine. But kudos still to Ikea to making it happen. Yeah. Like, just smart idea. Definitely. Definitely a neat little idea. I agree. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us here today. Uh, so Jason will send us out like normal. And we hope you have a great week. Be sure to like and subscribe. Never miss an episode. And if you like what we're about, 
be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Well, that's going to wrap up our show for today. Be sure to follow us at Dual Rambling on Twitter, or for show notes, check out our website, anchor.fm slash Dual Rambling. From all of us here at Dual Rambling, I'm Jason. And I'm Steve. And as always, ramble on.